Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Week three of detox. Um, For many of us, we are 14 days into this fast. And week one, when we started detox, we said, okay, we're going to starve out negativity in our lives. We're going to starve negativity. In week two, we decided we're going to go six days without social media. I remember last Sunday seeing everyone's Instagram post or Facebook post saying, I'm checking out for a week. See you later. And well, this week we are continuing our detox process. Many of you have been fasting the whole time. Some have been fasting, again, from social media, maybe television. Others were doing food. My husband and I are on what's called a Daniel fast. And a a friend of mine sent me a photo this week, and I got to share it with you. Um, Little did he know the lions were doing the Daniel fast. Now, let me give you some context because this just tickled me. I thought it was funny. Um, Daniel, this is the story from the Old Testament when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den with the purpose of the lions killing him but they did not eat Daniel. They were on a Daniel fast. And so um, that's no meat, sweets, or treats. And we've been doing that and we'll continue to do it until we can feast. Come on, somebody, next Sunday, January 27th, when we break it together. So we are detoxing our spirit. The spirit inside you, that's the only part that's like God. And we are detoxing our our soul. That's our emotions. That's our heart, our thinking. And today we're going to be talking about detoxing our body. Because hear me, friends, we are a triune person. What does that mean? It means we're three parts. We're spirit, we're soul, we're body. And the, the problem that so many of us have is that we try to compartmentalize those things. As if this section is okay over here and that doesn't impact this and this doesn't impact this. No, no, no. Everything affects and works together within us. And so our detox verse for this series is this, do not be yoked. So what does yoke mean? It means that there would be a pair of oxen and they would put this wooden piece over the neck of the oxen. And the goal was with this instrument that they would walk together, they would work together, they would be in sync with one another in complete closeness. And what the writer here in the Bible is saying, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. Meaning be careful how close you get. You see, our closeness determines a lot of things in our lives. Now, there are areas where there's toxic things and we can't help it. There's toxic people at work. There's toxic talk at work. There's toxic things at school. My kid is in elementary school, and I already tell you, there's toxic things even in elementary school. So the Bible is saying, I I know you can't avoid everything, but watch how close you get to it. Make sure you're not yoking up with it. So for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with the darkness? He goes on and tells you why he's asking you and pointing this out. He says, because I want to be your God. And I want you to be my people. I want to call you my sons and my daughters. So I'm asking you to come on out and separate yourself. And for what reason? Because here's the solution. How do we do that? How do we come out so that we can be in closeness with God? He says, therefore, since we have these promises that God wants to be close with you and wants to have a relationship with you, it says, dear friends, let us detox. Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, even your soul. And so let's do this perfecting holiness Hear me, holy isn't perfect, it just means separate. That I'm moving closer and closer and bringing in this closeness to God out of reverence for him, meaning I'm in awe of you and I I greatly respect you, God. And so that's the prescription. 
So many of you are in, you know, as you're hearing that we're in this detox series, you're probably like, well, of course we thought we're going to talk about the body. Can I tell you how much our stores make me laugh as a person? You walk into Target or Walmart in December and everything is Christmas, right? Christmas gifts, Christmas wrapping paper, stocking stuffers, chocolates, meat and cheese trays, like snack packs, like everything possible that you could eat, right? But then on December 31st, there's a switch in the store because they close down and then they reopen on January 2nd. And if I were to walk into Walmart or Target on January 2nd, I am going to be bombarded by weight loss products. So you just took away the meat and cheese and you give me protein powder. You give me um, weight loss supplements or fat burners and what? Detoxing systems. But then they mess with us because by mid-January, they've got the sweets and treats out for Valentine's Day. I'm like, y'all, I can't win. What are we doing here? So, of course, it's obvious and natural. When we are starting a new year and we're on a fast, we're going to detox our bodies too, not just our spirit and our soul. And so today I want to tell you that the things that we put into our bodies, it does affect our spirit. The things that we expose our body to or what we do with our body affects our spirit and our soul. Again, because we're three parts person. And I'm going to be honest with you. I told my husband, I go, why is it that I always get the tough subjects at our church? (laughs) I go, babe, he told me this was going to be fun. And I started studying for it and I go, really? (laughs) Why is it? I'm going to talk about some difficult things today. I'm going to be that person that comes to family and says, guys, we got to have a conversation, but I'm going to have a conversation with you. And some of these things might be a little difficult to hear. Some might even be a little bit painful, but hear me know that I'm saying it with love. And when I'm saying it, I'm simply just teaching the Bible. And also I'm not doing it to point out things because I'm going to talk about things that our bodies need to detox from. And my goal isn't necessarily just to point those things out. I'm going to mention them. But my goal in teaching you over the next 25 minutes is to point the way to freedom. I'm not putting the spotlight on the sin. I'm putting the spotlight on that path to freedom that Jesus has for every single one of us, the path to detoxing. And so that is what I'm going to highlight. So I'm asking you to trust me as someone who has been there 17 years ago. I was there, but someone who loves this church and loves God and is excited to teach. All right. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, you are awesome. And I just pray that every ear would be open, every heart would be open, that you would remove the walls that we built up so quickly. Father, I know we don't like being told what to do, and that is not what we are doing today. We are simply, God, sharing the word of God. Holy Spirit, you're the one that speaks to us. So Lord, just use me as a mouthpiece in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So again, our bodies can get toxic from a lot of things. And Paul explains this so well. He says, my innermost being, meaning my spirit, loves God. And I want to do what God tells me to do. I delight in him. But there's this war waging inside of me where my body wants to do something else. How many of y'all can relate to that? Where my spirit is like, yes, this is awesome. I love the things of God. But then my body wants to do something else. Now hear me, Paul was amazing. Paul was chosen to preach the gospel and set up churches all around the world. He was qualified. He was extraordinary. And yet this is how he describes himself when he's saying this. He says, I want to do this. My, My spirit yearns to do these things, but I do this. He goes, what a wretched man am I? So if the man of God who plants churches all over the world and raises up people who heals the sick, 
If he's saying, what a wretched man am I, then I can only imagine how frustrated we get with ourselves. And Paul says, who's going to rescue me from this death? What's the solution? What do I do about the need? Well, you detox. We detox. And what's so great is that say you haven't joined the fast. You can join right now. Over the next six days, you can choose to jump on board and join what we are doing in detoxing. And so here are three things. This is what I'm going to do today. Three things I want to give you to detox from. Three things that maybe are in our lives that we need to discuss, that the Bible teaches on, that we're going to detox from. And then I want to give you just three steps to walk out that detox process. Is that okay? All right. So number one, we need to detox from addiction. Addiction. Addiction is defined as anything that I don't want to do, but I keep on doing it. Anything I don't want to do, but I keep on doing it. All of us face an addiction of some kind. What's so great about fasting is it shows us how much we have put in our lives of something and how dependent or how much we crave something. And so you might be asking, well, how do I know if I'm addicted? Because you're saying, Lindsay, we all deal with addiction in some way or some form. Well, do you arrange your schedule around it? Ask yourself that. Are you working to keep it a secret? Is it isolating you from other people? Do the people around you who see you and know you, do they say that you have a problem with it? And worst of it, if you stopped, would you be able to over the next six days? So what is it in your life? Well, it is whatever it is in your life. I don't know what it is for you. It could be alcoholism. It could be overspending. It could be overeating or overconsumption of television. It could be substance abuse. It could be caffeine. I don't know. But you know what it is in your life. And if there's something that you don't want to do, but you keep doing it, you may have an addiction. And so I want to encourage you that God wants to get involved in your battle. There's that war waging in us, not just in Paul. He's not just special enough to have him be the only person that has a war waging. There's a war waging in all of us. And we have to know and be encouraged that God wants to get involved in our battle. So the Bible says this, that therefore don't let sin reign, meaning don't let it have control over you. Don't let it be in charge in your body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God. And why? For sin shall no longer be your master. God has come in the form of his son, Jesus Christ, to break every chain that bonds us to sin. And so all of us belong to something. But if sin is our master, then what an awesome time we have to detox. Amen? So number two, this is a fun word, debauchery. Now, when I say that word, I feel like I should be with like King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and say it with like an accent, debauchery, right? But tell me, I'm just telling you, this is just a Bible term. So it's not a fancy word that I just want to use to sound smart up here. It's a word that the Bible uses to describe it. And all it is, is it's letting your senses call the shots. You're driven by your feelings, by your senses. In fact, the real definition is extreme indulgence in sensuality. I want to be very plain about this. I just want to confront it head on. Again, I'm not being harsh. I'm just sharing. I remember growing up 30 years ago. Okay, I'm an 80s baby. He mentioned Remix is all about the 90s. Where are my 80s babies at? Awesome. I'm an early 80s baby. And I remember growing up in such a time where people had moral absolutes, meaning we had convictions. 
And so we knew what right and wrong was, and we were raised to live out that conviction in the hopes of it that I am faced in a situation or an opportunity, I have the right to say, no, that's not for me. So I grew up with a moral absolute when it came to drugs. It was no drugs. I came up with a moral absolute. I wasn't taught that there was safe sex. I was taught that there was abstinence. And so were there these different things that we're taught with these different convictions? But I can tell you, if you fast forward 30 years, we are not there anymore, friends. What are absolutes? It's everybody does whatever they want to do. You do you. If there was a mantra for today in 2019, what our culture was like, you do what you feel like doing. Do you. But that, what God is saying is that you can't trust your feelings. Because this debauchery tells us, give in to your senses. Give in to your feelings. And God is like, you can't trust your feelings. Can I tell you something? If I trusted my feelings, I would not be on this platform today. If I trusted my feelings, and this is me being 100% honest with you, I would have a prison ministry because I would have killed somebody by now. Your pastor has struggled with anger since she was a child. And if I got, if I acted out on my feelings when anyone has upset me or offended me, I done would have shake somebody, twisted that knife, I would be in jail. Now hear me, because I am a lover of Jesus, I would have repented. And so I would have rose to the occasion, but my ministry would be in prison. And I would not be pastoring this awesome church called Avenue. Your feelings lie to you. You can't trust your feelings. It is choices that should lead. Feelings should follow. Why do you think a fast is so good? Because I am telling my body, I'm telling my spirit, I'm telling my soul that I'm making a choice to eliminate these things for a certain amount of time. Can I tell you, my feelings have kicked back our gore. When I'm, I've been fasting television, I realized how much of a binge watcher I am. That when I'm frustrated with something or I'm having a bad day, it's so easy for me to pull up my phone, go to Netflix, and watch my favorite show for a couple hours and tune out the world. I have been fasting from certain types of food. I am eating <laughs> fruits, vegetables, beans, and rice, basically. That is what I've been eating. When I am upset, I want a pizza and a Diet Coke. When I am sad, I want ice cream, not raspberries. Like, this is not who I am. And so anytime you buck up against your feelings, be sure they're going to buck back. But how awesome is that while we're detoxing, we can be forming new habits. And I have learned that, Lindsay girl, you need to get a little bit more control in your life because these things have too big of a say. Choices lead, feelings follow. But we're so feeling-driven. It's just a sad, it's a sad time to be living, and I even fear for our kids to be so feeling driven. We are an indulgent society. We indulge in whatever we feel like indulging in. So did you know also that certain things that we do to our bodies leads to giving into our senses? So let me, let me read this in Ephesians. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Friends, we know this. We, we ourselves have maybe done it, or we know people that they've gotten intoxicated. And they do things or say things that you know they would never have normally done, given that they were of sober mind, 
right? We've seen it in movies. There are movies based on this very thought process that a whole night happens in Las Vegas and everybody wakes up and doesn't know what it is. Some people call it liquid courage. I call it liquid stupid because we do stupid things under the influence of these substances. So hear me, why do I say all this? Because watch out for substances or consumptions that numb your senses. We don't need extra help following our feelings. We need the extra help stopping us from following our feelings. Don't trust your feelings. All right, so the last thing that we need to detox from, I just, I, three things I told you is addiction, debauchery, and this last one is the heavy one, so bear with me for just a few moments as I talk about it, all right? It's sexual immorality. Now again, that, that's a term used in scripture. We have taken two English words, sexual and immorality, from what the writings are is Greek for pornea. You're like, pornea, well, that, that sounds familiar. That sounds like pornography. Yes, but pornea, sexual immorality, does not mean pornography. I'm going to give you the Bible definition of what sexual immorality is. It is any sexual act outside the marriage bond. It's anything. Any sexual act outside the marriage bond. And let me tell you, again, I told you this is, this is hard to talk about. Because some of us are engaged in this, and I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just trying to save you from things that are destructive to your body, your spirit, and your soul. And I'm coming to you from a place where I lived these things out. But 17 years ago, I gave my life to Christ, and I stepped into something new. So I'm 17 years on the other side of this. So I do have something to offer you as I am speaking and teaching the word. Now, you may be thinking you're old-fashioned. Honey, I'm too young to be old-fashioned. I am just God-fashioned. Come on, somebody. All right. So the Apostle Paul, again, this genius of a man, explains it so well in the Bible. Now, you need to know that as people are writing and contributing to the Bible, they are inspired by God. So God is using the Apostle Paul to write down the words that he wants written. So the Apostle Paul, again, travels all over the world. And he lands in this country called Corinth. And Corinth is, is whew, Corinth is heavy. All right, and in Corinth, the main worship in that time was of another God. So it wasn't the worship of our true living God. It was a worship of what we call a little God, a false God. And the way that they would worship this God is they had temple prostitutes. And so you would literally go to church and you would have a sexual encounter with a temple prostitute. And that is the way that you would worship God. Now, I gotta tell you, I've been a Christian for a while. I've been to conferences. People talk about Las Vegas and I'm like, uh-uh. Vegas got nothing on Corinth. <laughs> Y'all think we're bad. We do church and just church. <laughs> All right. We call those things strip clubs. But anyways, so <laughs> Paul is saying there's an issue. But hear me. This is what I love about people who love God, truly love God. And God has given them and showed them grace. And they extend grace to others. Because this is what Paul does. Paul doesn't say, you guys are gross. No. He goes, do you not know? He goes, I, I need to have a conversation with you because evidently I think higher of you. I know you're worthy of more and I just don't think you've been told. So guess what? I, I get to be the person in the room that tells you. So Paul says, do you not know? And they're like, no what? No what? Friends, there may be some of you in this room for the very first time and you've never heard anybody teach on anything intimate like this. It's an honor to be the person to do that. But I'm not judging because maybe you don't know. That's not for me to do that. And so Paul says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ themselves? 
And shall I take then the members of Christ? Because hear me, when you give your life to Jesus, there were people in Corinth that were giving their lives to Jesus, but the only acts of worship that they've ever known, the only church they'd ever known was sex with prostitutes. And he's saying, guys, do you not know that when you, when you give your heart to Jesus, you're now members with him? And what member of Christ would unite themselves with a prostitute? Do you know that that word unite doesn't just mean, hey, let's join together. It means to permanently fuse together. So permanent is permanent. It's not meant to ever be ripped apart. And he says, don't you know that you are made one with that person that you come into sexual contact with and the two become one flesh. Now hear me friends, that was something that God designed for married couples because God knew we ain't always going to get along. <laughs> God knew that the married marriage bond needed something more to bring them together. Come on, spiritually and soulfully more so than just contact. And so hear me, I know that many of us want to think that it's just physical. That's all it is. For some, maybe it was just a one-time act and you don't even remember her name. But it's more than just physical. The problem is, is that we're growing up in such a day that we're bombarded with it, that we become numb to these things and we accept them as the norm. But God is saying, no, 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 no. I designed that for oneness. So what I'm trying to do is I'm not trying to point out the, 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 necessarily the sin or the wrongness. I'm trying to point you to what God wants as oneness. And so if you are here and you are engaged in a relationship and you're like, I'm doing all that, but, but I didn't know. Or maybe you're, you're here today and you do know, but you're engaged. I just want to tell you, God's got more. And his best plan is oneness in the context of marriage and not anything else. Again, I'm 17 years on the other side of this. So I want to encourage you that God's best plans are God's best plans. That he is for you. He's not against you. He desires what is best for you. So what do I do about it? Lindsay, you are telling me these three things. Thanks for making me feel good about myself. What do I do about it? Well, there's, there's steps to take because I want you to know we, we love and we serve an amazing God. You know how amazing God is, is that he loves us, that he literally gives people fresh starts all the time. I don't know about you, but I've had several fresh starts from God. I've had several do-overs from God, but this is what he does. He doesn't just forgive us. He cleanses us. The Bible tells us that he takes my sin as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers it no more. The thing is, is that we got to walk out this freedom so I don't remember it no more, so that I don't identify with it no more, but that I identify more and more each day with Jesus. So all I'm doing, friends, is I'm inviting you to detox. I'm inviting you to take just some time. Maybe it's the next six days to say, God, what, what, what needs to, what's not right? What, what needs to be removed from my life? And I promise you, it could be life-changing. So those are the three things. Here's the three steps to walk out this detox, all right? Number one, it's simple. Write this down. Get away from it. Isn't that easy? Get away from it. Just physically remove yourself from the proximity of it. And what is it? I don't know. It's your it. I don't know what your it is. If you have an it, it is it, okay? It might be a flirtatious coworker. And you're married. And that coworker, you know that you are just one step away from doing something destructive. And I'm saying, get away from it. Find a new job. And you might say, Pastor Lindsay, but you don't understand my benefits. I do. I understand the expense of, of health care. But the, the expense of the loss of your family is so much greater. And so you know what I would tell you if you told me that there's no other job like it in Las Vegas? I would tell you to move. I will miss you. 
I will miss your family. I love you, but get out of Vegas if you can't find a job just like that because the relationships that would be destroyed if you took that one step and you did not get away with it, it's worth moving. I don't know how you look at your life, but I'm in my 30s now. I'm not far from 40. I look at my 40s. I look at my 50s. I envision myself still looking good with grandkids. Come on, somebody. I'm active. I'm a Disneyland wearing ears. I picture that life for myself with the family I have now. Just bigger and better. Come on. It's going to be good. And so have vision. And if you have vision, it's easier to get away from it. Okay? Because it's worth it. So some of you 20-year-olds in the room, college students, you're engaging in off and on relationships and you know they are not good for you. You need to detox from them. Again, we're a church that uses phones. I give you permission to get on your phone right now. And you text that guy, you text that girl, we're done. Easy as that. I remember when I was 22 years old, I was on a fast. And I wasn't even engaged in sexual relations with this guy. But I just was wondering, is this the person I'm supposed to marry? And he went on a fast, so I said, well, why don't I go on a fast? I don't know if we were asking the same things, but I asked God, do you want me to marry this man? And I remember driving in a car with him, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, it's done. I look at him, I giggle when I'm nervous, it's obvious, and, and just, just really, really inappropriate. I go, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> just like that. Done. And I believe that is how quick God can speak to you. No matter how long you've been together. It, I'm not saying if you are married, go get divorced. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you are dating and you don't think this is God's best for you and God is saying, no, it's not, I believe he'll speak to you and he'll tell you what to do. Okay. So in the Bible, Paul, again, he's so smart. He says, do not, he says, flee from sexual immorality. Flee. You don't manage sin, friends. You run from it. You don't manage it and try to work it out and compartmentalize it. And No, you run from it. But he says, all of your sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Do you know what God did when he came down in, in Jesus is that he flipped the switch on how church was done. He said, we're not going to just have temples anymore with certain religious people that get to do these great things and be close to God. No, I'm going to make my home in you. God says, I'm going to bring my Holy Spirit and it's going to live in your heart. And you are now a temple of the living God. And so he says, your bodies are not your own. You were bought at a price. And that price was the cross that Jesus went on. So therefore, honor God with your bodies. So some of you are here today and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus. And you're thinking, Lindsay, I can do whatever I feel like doing. You are absolutely right. You can do whatever you feel like doing. But I can tell you that I can't. Anyone who has accepted Jesus into their life, we don't get to do whatever we want to do. Because see, I made a deal with God. Rather, God made a deal with me and I accepted the deal. And what he said is that all those sins... See, all those sins have to be paid for somewhere and somehow. And that place is hell. Hell is where the payment of sin takes place. And what Jesus says is that I'm going to take care of that penalty for you. I'm going to pay those sins for you. But here's the deal. Ownership switches in your life. And I become the new owner in your life. I'm buying you for a price. And you're no longer going to do what you want to do. But you're going to do what I want you to do. Can I tell you, I've been doing what he wanted me to do. 
and what he wants me to do for the last 17 years. And I am living better than ever that I would have done living for myself. And so when we look at these things and we think, oh, I'm going to lose so much if I allow him to be in my life. You're not. You're going to gain the world. You're going to gain clarity and perspective and love and grace and purpose. And none of that is worth anything that I've mentioned today. Why do I not struggle with these things anymore? Because it ain't worth it. Because I got my eyes on something bigger. Do you know how driven Jeremy and I are to love the Lord out loud so you can have examples? Hear me, we're not perfect. We mess up all the time. (laughs) We're not perfect. But we are choosing to walk out this faith in in your eyes so that you can see that this can be enjoyable. I don't lack anything in my life, friends. My life is overflowing with awesomeness. It is a good, good life. See, Christianity and salvation is not joining this church. Going to church is not salvation. It's a good church. I want you to be at this church. I want you to join this church. I would love if you made Avenue your home because this is a good church. But that's not salvation. Salvation is accepting new ownership in your life. That Jesus is now going to come live in my heart, and I'm going to give you control. I'm going to give you control. It's going to be a new owner. It's awesome what he's done for us. It's so good. So the last thing I'm going to tell you. Oh, no, two more things. Guard your mind. So the first one is get away from it. Number two, guard your mind. And I'm going to go real quick to wrap up. It all starts with your mind. The Bible tells us that these eyes, if these are bad, the whole body is bad. And so what are we consuming into our mind? What are we seeing? What are we exposing ourselves to? A lot of it is what we see. See, my husband and I, we have a seven-year-old son. And I'm telling you, we have drawn a line for Levi. It is a very clear line. But my kid has a sinful nature, just like all of you, just like me. And he wants to buck up against that line all the time, especially when it comes to the movies we allow him to see. Mom, my friend saw this, or my friend plays this game, and I say, I ain't your friend's mama. You're not going to play that game. But mom, but hear me, it is hard to be a Christian parent. It is difficult because kids fight you. And what if I were to give up the good fight? What if I got tired of that little boy nagging me? Because they nag day after day, night after night. And finally, he says, Mommy, but I have friends coming over tomorrow. And we all really want to see this movie. And it's only got a couple bad parts, Mom. It's not that bad. And I'm tired of fighting. So I say, sure, you can have your friends over. I'll get the movie. And not only that, I'm going to make you guys a, a snack. I'm not a baker, so I'll make you some brownies that come in a box. <laughs> and I'll make your friends some brownies. So I turn on the movie as little buddies are here. But now I got a dog. So even though I was heading over to the kitchen to make these brownies, I have a puppy now. Come on, somebody. And she is potty trained. So she has rung that bell, and she is telling me that she needs to go to the bathroom. So I take her outside. I detour from the kitchen. I take her outside. And my dog poops. Hey, Chloe, right? Yay. And I pick a little piece of that poop up. Not with my hand, because that's disgusting. I use a doggy bag. And I bring it back into my kitchen, and I open up that brownie mix, and I stir in my oil, I stir in my water, maybe some eggs, I don't know if I'm that fancy, and I take that little bit of poop, and I plop it into the brownie mix. My dog doesn't eat wheat, it's gluten-free, and so I mix it all up, and I'm going to serve it to my son and his friends. Now, hear me, would any of you all eat my brownies? No, because it's got poop in it. But can I tell you that a little bit of poop goes a long way. So if we 
allow a little bit of, come on somebody, this is Vegas, a little bit of crap in our lives, that little bit of crap goes a long way. Just like a little bit of poop and brownie mix. And so be careful what you are allowing. If we find ourselves making excuses all the time about the music we're listening to or the videos that we're watching or the things that we are placing in front of ourselves or in front of our families, and we're saying, oh, it's just a little bit. Well, just a little bit goes a long way. And so you might be thinking, well, well, how do I change this in my family? My kid has already seen all these movies. You do exactly what you did with Jesus. God, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry I, I've lived this way, or I'm sorry I've allowed this to happen, and you repent. Do you know what repent means? To have a change of mind. And so you explain to your 7-year-old, your 10-year-old, your 12-year-old, whatever the age is, I'm sorry, Mommy, allowed this, but I can't allow it anymore because I'm responsible for you. And God has given me the awesome privilege to be your parent. And I believe that you're going to be an awesome man of God one day. Or you're going to be an awesome woman of God. And you tell your kid that. And they're going to hate you for a little bit. But you suck it up, buttercup, because you are better for it. And your child will be better for it. Guard your mind. Okay, third and final. Go all in with God. See, some of us are treating God like he's a swimming pool. And we just dip our toe in real quick, right? Too cold. Or too difficult, too uncomfortable. And we're, we're doing a one out of seven with God where, God, you get my Sunday, but you don't get to come with me to my workplace. You don't get to come with me into my friendships. You just stay that one-seventh of my week. And God is saying, I can be so much more. If you detox these things out of your life, our closeness, it'll blow your mind on what I can do. And so live life to the fullest. Go all in with God. You see, we offer growth track here at Avenue. And why do we offer growth track? Because we want to give you something better to focus on. We want to help you along with this process because I know what it's like to cut off something and have nothing to go to. But if I have something to go to, do you know if you find something better? Sin will lose its attractiveness over time. Life will be better and you find something to focus on. The most self-controlled people I know They don't have the gift of self-control. They just have their eye on the prize. And it is that prize that keeps them moving forward. For some of us, we just get here on Sundays and it is our lifeline. I've got to make it through the week because I'm going to be here and God is going to do awesome things. And I'm going to serve people and they're going to know the name of Jesus because of my part that I played on Sunday. And so I want to encourage you, if you are having a hard time and you have not discovered purpose... We need purpose in our lives. You were uniquely designed by God. Again, God's not like, don't do that. Stop it, stop it. No, he's, look at this. Look at this. And as you begin to put your eyes on this and you begin to know me more, that's gonna lose its flavor. And you're gonna see that there's so much fulfillment in living life that has purpose and makes a difference. It's awesome. He is so good. And that is how he designed it. So God, I believe that you could give us great freedom. This is what I want to do. Everyone in the room, I just want you to take a moment and say, Holy Spirit, show me. What are you speaking to me? And I want you to listen, because hear me, you don't need me to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But I believe that God in his gentleness can speak to you that he can show you. So say this with me. Will you pray with me in your chair? Holy Spirit, 
what are you speaking to me? Gently tell me. Point out an area. Search me. You know me. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in your ways. Because I believe God is going to speak to you. If you're here today and you say, Lindsay, I am so far from God. I have been doing what I want for a really long time and it's just not working out. I want to give ownership of my life to God. Maybe you're in here and you are a Christian, but you walked away from him and you feel this pulling on you that you need to give the keys back to your life to Jesus. Again, it's nothing that we're losing. We're gaining the world. It's awesome. And so if you are here today and you want to give control, you want God to take the owner seat in your life, I want to pray for you and I want to want you to raise your hand so I can pray with you. Would you do that? If you want God to be the owner of your life, would you put your hand up and put it back down? I see you. Yes, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yes, I'm going to pray for you. We are a church family and we do things together. I got to tell you what a wonderful place and a life-giving place to take the time and to get the, just the, the atmosphere that you need, the community that you need to walk out this new life. It's awesome. You couldn't be in a better place. So here we're going to do. We're going to stand up together. We're going to end. And I want you all to pray this with me because we are going to pray for the ownership that God is just going to come into our hearts and, and take over these areas in our life. And we do this as a family. We do not single people out at this church. We lock arms with people. We believe that God has something better on the other side of it. So we do this together. So say, Jesus, today I receive what you did for me on the cross. And I respond by giving you my life completely. So I'm turning my back on my way. And I'm going to follow you with everything. So forgive me. Live inside of me. Be Lord of my life. I believe you rose again. I believe you conquered the enemy. And with all my heart, I'm going to live for you. Amen and amen. Come on, let's honor God. He gets all the glory. It's not about us. It's about him. And the Bible tells us that all of heaven erupts in just rejoicing when one person makes the decision to say, all right, Jesus, not my way anymore, your way. So that is awesome. I want to encourage you, do not walk out of this church today without having something to hold on to. If you have never, ever been to Growth Trek, and you need that thing to focus on. I'm going to help you find that thing. That thing is not going to make you perfect. It's going to get you focused. And so I just challenge you. Take 45 minutes and meet Pastor Jeremy in that growth track room. You are going to discover your unique design. If you think you have nothing in you, the devil's a liar and you've got great things in you. You have purpose and you have gifts and you have strengths that God wants to use to blow your mind and change our city. Some of you are called past our city. You're going to be affecting states. There are church planners in this room. Come on. God is so good. Some of you will be starting ministries or orphanages across the sea. You're called to another people group, and you don't even know it yet. But God knows it, and your step starts here. Don't put him off another minute. Don't put him off another year. Take your purposeful step and start living out the mind-blowing plans that he has for you. Come on, God's got something special for you, Avenue, and it goes past these walls. And so I ask you, join him. 
I love you all. God bless you. We will see you next week as we wrap up this detox. You guys just have an awesome week. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.